Hey folks, you've tuned in to another episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and this week's show, guys, we have another opening weekend, um, especially for us here in Louisiana. We're opening up the second split to waterfowl season, and uh, really have mixed emotions on how this weekend's going to go, to be quite honest with you. Um, I'm sure many of you who are tuning in to this show, um, you know, you're probably like us. You're somewhere tonight at the camp. Um, we are located here at our camp at Whiskey Bay here, um, right outside of Henderson, Louisiana, and uh, located and bordering up right up to Sherburn Wildlife Management Area. And those of you who listen to the show, you know you're very familiar that we have a camp here, and we oftentimes talk about it in the shows, give you some of our experiences um, that we have here, and also some of our, our reports as we hunt throughout the season. Um, and we have decided now for the second split, pretty much it's become a tradition. We head on over to the duck camp here at Whiskey Bay, and we end up hunting uh, the management area here for the second split opener pretty much every year. So just want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show this week. Glad to have you. If you've stumbled upon us for the first time, welcome. Um, hopefully we'll give you some good information that you could uh, – Share and enjoy with your friends while you're waiting on opening morning and shooting hours to, to arrive in just a couple hours away now. Um, on this week's show, guys, I have a special guest with me this week, a longtime friend of mine that I'd like to welcome to the show, uh, Mr. Casey Miet from Gonzales, Louisiana. Uh, me and Casey have been <clears throat> hunting together for quite a long time, and uh, as always, our other guest that we'd like to welcome to the show is uh jackson robbery my son jackson robbery we have jackson on with us tonight as well and uh a lot of you are probably who tune in have become familiar with jackson and hearing his take on how the season's been going this year but uh but casey just like to welcome you to the show um and just tell everybody hello man thank you hey everybody appreciate you having me well, Casey, this seems to be, we were talking about it, it kind of seems like it's a one-year anniversary for us every year it is. that we get together on this particular weekend. It's always uh, the second split opening weekend, it seems like. It's always the second split opening weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, and I'll, it's like we don't talk throughout the year, and then all of a sudden we catch up for waterfowl season. It's something that we've done for a long time, and we've kind of shared a passion for. And uh and man, you one of the uh, the OGs of the, the, of the last stop waterfowl <laughs> crew, man. Uh, Casey has been around with us for as long as I can remember uh, when we started last stop waterfowl, and just you know the concept of uh, a podcast and a Facebook social media platforms. Uh, Casey was one of the original guys that I was hunting with. Him and uh, our good buddy Dustin Jumanville and Lee Nasser. Lee Starter was out here. Yeah, and, man, we had a, we had a pretty good crew. It's funny how the crew kind of diminishes over the years. Everybody goes their own yeah, ways. Yeah, everybody bit. gets jobs and kind of just grows up. Apparently, <laughs> that's right, man. And I, I'm the oldest out of the group, so I've kind of I'm kind of on that that end of, you know, Jackson. You're now 11, and we got Hudson, my youngest son. He's six, so I'm kind of getting to that point where I could free up a little bit of time during hunting season again, but. You were telling me you uh you 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 currently you're not a single man no, anymore. Not, not anymore. Not anymore. The whole bachelor life's pretty much it's, over for it's the last. Gone. The house looks different too. <laughs> <laughs> How she feel about those uh those wall mounts and stuff? She, she told me she said as long as it doesn't move. As long as it doesn't. I said move. don't worry. You don't have to worry about that. I hear you. What, what what's mom's pretty much feels that way, huh? Jackson about us. There ain't no mounts in the house. She likes, huh? 
Yeah, she doesn't really like them in the house. She either says put them at the camp or get rid of them. Or bring them to the office, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm fine with that. Hey, if that's what makes her happy and that's all it takes to make her happy, I'm perfectly fine it with that. It messes up the decor. That's right. It messes up the home decor. She works hard on that. Yeah. So, but guys, like I mentioned, we have a, we have a, I mean, it doesn't get any better than it is tonight. Honestly, friends, family, uh, what we got cooking, Casey? Well, we got on the stove. We got a little. You know, us Cajuns are cooking. We got a little squirrel, some fresh sausage, a little little stew, basically what you call it. Uh, yeah, a little squirrel, squirrel uh, cuvion, a little gravy. There you go. Yep, we got some. Uh, we got some fresh squirrels that we killed this season over here at Sherburn. Um, you know, we're big squirrel hunters for the most part mm-hmm. through the years we have been, and we uh, we killed a good bit of squirrels this year and last year. And uh, I figured it'd be a good I time. Think, I think to that's cook a passion them. that'll never go away. Squirrel no, squirrels. That's it's, something that's embedded in us, man. And, and you know, we we actually do an episode of, on the podcast for opening weekend of squirrel season. And we were sitting right here around this same campfire, me and Troy Fontenot, uh, my good buddy from Ville Platte and Jackson. And uh, we we did a podcast here for opening weekend of squirrel season. We did one for, uh, down in Marksville for opening weekend of duck season, the first split. And now we uh, we blessed enough to be here at the camp, sitting around a, a you know a beautiful campfire, um, you know some amazing food, mm-hmm. and man, honestly, the weather couldn't be much better tonight. You no know, mosquitoes. No mosquitoes. That's the most. <laughs> when we can put the thermocells away, that's always the yeah, best that's always time. A plus. That's always the best time. Definitely. Because I can tell you, during squirrel season, we sitting trying to sit around this campfire, Ooh. and the mosquitoes. You got thermocells running with you, man. Man. So, well, Casey, you've been an outdoorsman, man, as long as I can remember. So, kind of fill everybody in that's listening this week to uh, to kind of where you from, how you got, how'd you get involved in the great outdoors? Kind of fill us in on who you are, man. Well, uh, like I said, I'm from Gonzales. Uh, I've been in the outdoors, shoot, man, from when I was a kid, you know. We used to hunt back in a uh, long time ago. My papa and them used to have a camp in Manshack. And I can remember as a kid, we used to... Uh, we used to ride out in the boat and you know we would hunt the banks over there and uh matter of fact one of the first times i ever went deer hunting was they actually used to run the guide service with the airboats out that way out in manchester yeah they, really? there's, there's a like a uh, guide service for like say people come in and visit want to see gators and whatnot okay and they'd had these big airboats and we knew where they would run yeah so basically they would just flush the deer out and everything to us you know yeah so you kind of you, you use that to your advantage used to the advantage and uh yeah. i remember i shot my first deer out there and we used to squirrel hunt and i mean ever since then it's been a passion just shooting yeah know, shooting guns and man manchak you know for those of you <clears throat> who are familiar with manchak when i think of squirrel hunt i sure don't think the terrain of manchak louisiana and you'd be surprised because it is, it is some soft terrain there it, it is well most of the squirrels were killed from the boat you know out in the, the canals where you could actually walk and go get them. Which is totally different than what we grew up doing, you know? Mm-hmm. We, we grew up stalk hunting like we do here. You've hunted with me here yeah. at the camp. And uh, Jackson, you hunt squirrels. You know, I brought you up. And I grew up with my dad. We always stalk hunted, you know? It was always, you know, in the woods somewhere. But that's a good point you bring up. Like coming, you know, in those areas where you have predominantly water yeah. and you squirrel hunt ridges mm-hmm. then yeah it's completely different i have to imagine yeah you know papa would uh basically just set the boat in the middle of the canal we'd sit there with the 22s really and just be quiet and you could see them moving yeah just peck them off that's how i started basically and uh as i got out of high school uh i can't remember if it was right after high school or kind of around about me and lee and dustin 
we used to kind of just go wood duck hunting and then from there it just kind of expanded it evolved it basically yeah yeah and that, I, I have to say that's how most of us end up doing we all start out it seems like wood duck hunting that's you know predominantly pretty much the most bird to thing. shoot yeah yeah that's right the easiest thing you have access to it they pretty much you know the most reliable i guess you could say um if you're gonna call a wood duck reliable yeah but uh <laughs> but uh yeah i mean that's pretty much how we all start out and uh so from there you let me ask you this how did lee and you and dustin hook up were y'all friends in so, high school so, or how uh, did the passion for outdoors kind of come together right so me and lee actually played baseball together for santa Mon. okay and uh a matter of fact I, i'll never forget the first time we actually hung out he uh he said man let's go fishing i said you know i didn't really fish much back in the day it was more like brim and whatnot some purse jerking yeah and i, I knew we was going to be good friends but when he caught the first one or i think it was i caught the first one he goes I can catch a bigger one than that. <laughs> so from right there, we was competitive. Yeah, that and old competitive that, oh, strain yeah. in Oh, you. yeah. So we used to always compete, whether, you know, anything. And uh, I know him and Dustin were pretty good friends, and we just kind of all gelled really after high school. And we all, matter of fact, we all went to college together at River Parish. Okay. And that's where we met Patrick. Yeah. And he kind of really introduced me to bass fishing, and then just from there, it just hadn't stopped. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I met you, I think it was through Dustin, probably. Yeah. And, and We Lee. actually hunted that little pipeline behind his house. Remember that? We and, sure did, man. That? We sure did. <laughs> I met Dustin and Lee through Cabela's. You know, Cabela's, man, that was the great thing about Cabela's I love. Is, you know, there was such a, a, a core group when that store opened of just true outdoorsmen that had a passion they, for the outdoors. Yeah, they both worked over there. And, and they both worked there. But, you know, when that store first opened, you really had the – the, the passionate outdoorsmen that wanted to work there. People wanted to go there because they enjoyed the outdoors. Yep. You know, nowadays, it seems like these big box stores, they kind of just fill these positions, uh, you know, just to fill, put bodies. you get people from out of town that's not from here. That's not from the area, possibly, that yeah. don't know, the, you know, the local surroundings for hunting and fishing. But, man, at that time, it, 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 you know, I really enjoyed it uh, when that store opened. That was back in 2007 already. Wow. Uh, it's been that long already, man, that the one in Gonzales opened up. And, uh, and I met Lee and I met Dustin. They were both quite a bit younger than me. I was a manager at the store. and mm -hmm. I got to know them. And, man, we I remember they came up to me and they said, uh, you know, they knew I liked to waterfowl hunt, duck hunt. And they said, hey, man, uh, we're looking to, uh, you know, do some kind of expand out from wood duck hunt. Yeah, that's kind of when we came over here, actually. That's right. right. That. We started coming. You know, I had been coming here since I was in college, actually. Yeah. Uh, I was on here because it was, it was the, one of the closest wildlife management areas. You know, to uh, LSU in Baton Rouge, located right here between Lafayette and Baton Rouge. And uh, I was already hunting here, and, and I told Dustin, I remember saying, I said, man, I kind of know some areas we could go hit up, you know, but it wasn't to the point that we know now, no, you know, at that no. time. I want to say the first time we came over here was on a lottery hunt. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, Dustin, if you ever listening, you'd be mad at me. He left his gun at the house. He, he left get... his gun at the house. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we had okay. To... So tell fill fill us in for everybody listening. Or tell this story. So, I want to hear. It. Um, you know, I you know we had to be there for four o'clock, and uh, at the time, Dustin was living on the backside of Santa Mall, and he said, "Man, I'm gonna come. Uh, I'm gonna pick you up. You know, say three o'clock or so. Get ready. Yeah. And uh, he gets to the house. And he said, man, I was so excited. I was getting everything ready. I realized about, when I got to your house, I forgot my gun. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So he was so pumped up, he just forgot the just gun. Just forgot the gun, and I want to say the other guy we were hunting with, I think it was Mike Zane, somebody else that we were hunting with. Yeah, uh, Mike, had, tall guy. Yeah, we, yep. he had an extra gun, and he brought it, and we all met, but that was, and then crazy story is, we actually got picked. One of the first persons to get picked at the lottery hunt, and we picked the best hole. Really? First time, didn't know nothing. We didn't even know where we were going. So y'all just kind of, it was kind of meant to be, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, you know? well, we actually, um, it was meant to be, apparently, because we, uh, we got lost finding the hole. Got <laughs> Circling around the game wardens had to tell us where we were going. And <laughs> it was just an experience, but that was my first real experience of seeing other birds besides wood ducks. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, you know, the lottery system here, kind of tell everybody how that works because you're real familiar with yeah, it. I so, mean, it's so, it's it's unique, but it's a good deal. Yeah, so basically, you, you get there, I think it's 4.30, I want to say, is when they draw. Yeah, it's on Tuesdays, yeah, and, two, and, Tuesdays yeah. and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I think there's a, a online lot like to where you get drawn for Saturdays. Um, but yes. everybody gets there. You, there's a little shack, basically, before you get into the WMA, and basically you just – you pick a ticket out of a bucket, and if they draw your number, the group gets to hunt. Um, and what we could care, I think you could, if you get drawn, you could take you and two other people or yeah, three other so people. Yeah, so it's three three people per blind is okay. what they allow. That's so, right. That's right. Uh, it's been so long since I've hunted it. It's kind of yeah. So it, it's three person uh, per blind. Uh, the game wardens they'll drive you to the to your uh, your pond that you're hunting. And when you're ready to leave, you just go back to where they dropped you off at, and they'll come pick you up. So it's a pretty cool little deal. It is. It is. It's, it's <clears throat> especially for a waterfowler or a duck hunter who doesn't have access to a boat. Right. You know, or like you were at that time, you were just starting yeah. out hunting. You you didn't know yeah. where to go to expand out, really. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a really good program that Wildlife Fisheries has here, um, located between two of our biggest cities in the state, you know. So that that is nice. And – it, we were talking about this, uh, you know, a while ago. It's funded by Ducks Unlimited, and they have a lot of other sponsors, and Wildlife and Fisheries manages it. Right. So it's top-notch, you know, as far as the habitat, I'd say that. Um, you know, um, it's really, really good. They're usually going to have some birds there. Yeah. So it's a good place. If you're looking and you're listening, you know, to this to this podcast episode this week and you, you're looking to get into maybe waterfowl hunting, Check out the uh, the South Forum Complex lottery hunts at Sherbin Wildlife Management Area. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's a great place to start if you, especially like I mentioned, if you don't have access to a boat or something now, like that. Now I think if I'm not mistaken, like on the first split, they only draw so many blinds. I think I, so. If I'm not mistaken, and then the wasn't there nine blinds total or I something think so. like that? They, like, with them expanding, I think there's twelve now. There's twelve now. I think okay. so. So you got a pretty good chance of getting picked um but i want like I, said, I want to say like the first split they only do like maybe half of them i think that's correct from what i understand I, yeah, I, yeah. And, and you know there's a strategy to getting picked in my opinion or at least there used to be because you know you go on a week like we have this week where christmas is out you know yeah hell there's way more guys that are out of school they're right. out of high school they're <clears> out of college people uh, taking people off people of work um, but if you have the opportunity to hunt during the week and go on a Tuesday and Thursday when it's not a Christmas break or a Thanksgiving it's break, not as many people. you have a much better chance of getting drawn. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And I remember back in the day when I hunted it, I went by myself some days and I would get drawn um, and I would just, you know, if they had somebody else there that hadn't got drawn, I'd hook up with them and I had an opportunity to meet a lot of people oh, yeah. at that time. So that was really a good way to meet new hunters um, and make some friends, you know? 
but like I mentioned, it's been it's been quite a while now with the camp us having a camp here. And I mean, hell, we're right outside the reserve, literally right where there. we are. We cross the road and the reserve starts. You know, so yeah. we have so many areas that we've expanded on, and uh, you know, we we tend not to hunt the lottery hunt. But I was telling Jackson, I said we might need to revisit the lottery hunt just so he could have it's, that experience. It's still, it's still something special. It is. It is do, special. Know. So y'all started out, you know, going back, you kind of started out to with South Forms, yeah, so, lottery hunts, so, and where'd it go from there? Yeah, so we, okay, so then I want to say like we, you know, obviously you go sometimes, you don't get picked, so then we were deciding, you know, where we're going to go after this, you know, what we're going to do. So basically, uh, I want to say somebody had said something about this place called 120. Yeah. Well known. Yeah, well, at the time, we didn't know what You didn't it was. know, yeah. So we driving, and um, <clears throat> we had back, we didn't know the management, you couldn't get on to a four. Correct, So, correct. you know, we were riding around, and, you know, we got there one day, and we said, man, everybody's parked right here. This must be where we need to be at, you know. Yep. And um, so we went walking, and we just found a place that looked good, basically, and decided, hey, we're going to hunt right here. Yeah. And, uh I want to say that first hunt, we killed a few birds down 120, and from there we just kept on hunting it, hunting it, you know, and uh, just it kind of took off from there. Every year, you know, we would try to hunt it, and then I want to say it was two or three years afterward, Dustin got a boat, because we used to see guys in boats driving there. Well, man, these guys crazy. That's about the time I started hunting. Yeah, right around that time, and then Dustin had got that boat, and then we had scouted for the first time, and it opened my eyes up of, man, there's other places to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, man, I want to say it might have been our fifth year into it. Dustin, we were going to 14A. Okay. Yeah, well known. And 14A is a, is a specific hole right. that we hunt, you know, off of section 120. And, uh, you know, we had lost at 4 o'clock. We thought we were the first one in the hole. And we were wrong, actually. Somebody had already got there the night before, apparently, and sat up in the hole. Sat in the hole. And uh, before we can get out of the hole, Dustin had must have hit a stump or something. And, Broke the belt on his motor. Uh-oh. So, I don't know if you ever told you this story or not. And uh, I don't think so. So, we can't go nowhere. We, we holler at the guys and you're like, look, y'all mind if we just prop up on side y'all and tuck in? We're just going to boat hunt. And they were like, and they were pretty cool guys, you know. And they were like, sure, you know, we can make it work. Yeah. That day actually was probably the best day we ever had out here. Really? We shot a six-man limit. A six-man limit of birds. It was so crazy, uh, Jacob. That was in 14A? In 14A. Really? And uh, what was crazy is about that day, you would shoot at a group of birds, and I'm not lying to you, they would come out the hole and come right back. <laughs> Literally, they, were, they, they, get just, up, they were working. That, that, I don't know what it was that day, but them birds wanted that hole. You, you ever hear you on the X? Yeah, y'all were on the, the X. The X that day was on the day. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, yeah, that, that changed my whole perspective of this place. It's probably still why I come out here. Yeah. yeah. That one hunt. Isn't it that so crazy special. how, like, we have that tendency, like, years ago? Because I know I'm guilty of it, too. <clears throat> and I have to sometimes stop myself. Yeah. And, like, hey, look, I can't go off of what, what, I, what we did five years ago, yeah. six years ago. Yeah. You know? Uh, we, I, I, that's why I got a scout. Me and Jackson get out. We go scout. We – every year, and I, I tell guys on the show this all the time that listen to this – to the show and you know i do if you're listening and you listen to the show on a regular basis i always say you have got to scout every year got to even though it's the same spots and the same locations that you hunted 
year after year after year, you have to scout, especially public land. Yes. And, and I really mean that in regards to public land when I say that. Right. Because, you know, public land changes every year. It seems like Mother Nature yep. is going to have, have her way. And with having limited funds, and especially nowadays with the limited funds in the wildlife management areas, uh, you know, the agencies can't always go out and, you know, do have the money yeah, to spray or money yeah it is it is so it changes every year yeah you know this year is a prime example here and i was telling you this earlier as we were talking when we started cooking tonight um section 120 you're very familiar with it that's what you're mm-hmm. talking about right now you you would be absolutely blown away if you look at the vegetation that's in 120 today it's been getting worse over the years yeah. and we all know yeah. that have hunted it you know um but this is probably the worst I've ever seen it this year. You know, something the last probably two or three years from going back there, I've noticed the growth of Salvania. Salvania's definitely in there this year. You know, that's, you know, when we first started, when we were going back there, it was never back there. You know, it was where duck it came seed. from, yeah. You had duck seed, pure, duck seed, original yeah. duck seed, you know, tr- traditional duck seed. Uh, Salvania wasn't an issue when we started. When I was hunting with y'all, it wasn't an issue, and right. that was – how many years now when we started hunting again? That's probably... I, I, can, I can say, like I said, we're right out of high school. I'm 30, so it's, we've been coming here for 10-plus years. 10-plus years, and I was hunting before that, before I even met y'all. Yeah. And uh, Salvania, you just didn't see that type of stuff. No. You know? Um, it was always just that beautiful swamp water coming out of the bayou. Duck seed, a lot of duck seed. Duck seed, just good natural vegetation, you know, uh, good duck forage. And, and we always had a lot of birds back then, you know? Um, the floaton's always been bad, but it, I, I, from what you're telling me, it's getting worse. It, it's getting worse. It's definitely, it, and you know, I don't know the exact term for whatever specific yeah, uh, species what call it. <laughs> or, or uh, you know, it is. But you know that that backyard grass match that, like, yeah. you know, that it'll wrap around your prop and it, it'll totally. I mean, it's horrible that stuff. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of that now. Um, as a matter of fact, there's a forum um, that we have on social media uh, for the reserve. It's Sherbin Wildlife Management Area, hunters and fishermen. And uh, we actually uh, got all together a couple of weeks ago on that forum and decided it was an idea of one of the guys that runs the forum to uh, contact, you know, all of us. Hey, we see how bad it got this year. We know it's been getting worse and worse every year. And we want to we try to see if we could address it with wildlife and fisheries uh, as outdoorsmen that are taxpayers and, yeah. you know, licensed buyers and all that type that of stuff. That money so got to go to something. It does. It does, and we contacted uh, our local representative for this area, and a bunch of us emailed him. We did get one response back that I'm aware of for sure, and basically what he said is it's funding right now, you know, and that's the that's the big thing. They know it's a problem, um, and that's just in this this reserve, you know. That's can you imagine all the reserves across the state that are seeing it right now? So I understand there's a pro- a problem there, but as a governor uh, that we have running the state, and as you know. Um, a state as a whole, we have got to figure something out because, you know, all our all our reserves are, are just it's 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 shrinking them is what it's doing. Yeah. And when you shrinking <clears> them with the influx of hunters that we got right now with waterfowl hunters, yeah. man, honestly, it's dangerous, Casey. It is. You know, it, it's become dangerous because you're gonna have guys on top of uh, you know you do. less than two hundred yards apart. You, you do. Know. And you see the constant, you know, fussing and complaining online about the the <clears> stories <throat> that go on. We, we did an episode recently talking about that, what's all the fuss about, you know. Yeah. And that's what we talked about is all these, these guys that are on the forums talking about it. They're complaining because people are, you know, 
taking their blondes and you know all you know, that type can, of stuff. I can honestly say, really looking at it, you know, since we've been out here, we've never really ran into any confrontation with nobody. No, I've never you know had. Say? Even when we all line up, and you know, it's everybody's it. been respectful. You know, we've never really come back and want to fist fight somebody. No. You know what I'm saying? Which, so, as humans, we should never come to that. But, no. But no. it happens. It happens, and that's just the nature you, you, of the game. You piss off the wrong guy when he's trying to hunt, you know, or yeah. you you know, you ruin that guy's hunt, and he's waiting for you to boat launch. Yeah. You know, we've never yeah. had nothing like that. And, look, know. I have to say, I've been – I hunt wildlife management areas all across the state. I, I've been to a bunch of different – you know Ooh. I go all over the state. Yeah. I have to say I'm proud of the, the core group of guys we've had here over the last – decade or so mm-hmm. uh for the most part we have a system in place yes. as far as you know you get there first you have first opportunity at yep. certain spots yep um it, it's worked really well we made a lot of good friends that way yep um a lot of hopefully lifelong friends but you know now bringing my son jackson you know and him coming with me i don't want to bring him to a place that's uh, you know, a, a shit show every time you go out to hunt because guys are fighting. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't want to have to show him that side of it at an early age, right. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I mean, feel. I get it. You know, I, I get it too. Sometimes you get new hunters that are, you know, they call sky busting or whatever. You know, I, I get, you probably just don't know your distances yet. You know, that's still part of learning. You know, that's a good point. You know, there's some, you know, you're just not knowing. That's right. That's a good and point. And to them, they may be thinking they're doing the right thing. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, because we're, look, still we're learning. Curve. I still learn stuff every now and then. That's right. Know? And we constantly learning and evolving as, as as duck hunters, you know, um, and outdoorsmen all together. Yeah. But uh, but you mentioned something about, like, getting in line and stuff like that. Uh, over the last couple of years, they've kind of changed it up here. You remember, kind of fill everybody in on the old way we used to do well, it. Well, from what uh, a little birdie told us that, uh, at you know, here in Sherbin, you know, it was always the understanding that you could be at the boat launch before four o'clock. You just can't put your boat in the water till four o'clock. Correct. And um, which uh, they were always real cool with that. Yes. The game and, boards. Yes. You know? And that was two or three years. Then when Dustin got his boat, you know, we were hunting out here. It's been it maybe a couple more years after that, but uh, I want to say it was probably about five years ago is when it really turned. Maybe about four or five years ago it changed. Yeah. I don't know if they made a rule change with the commission at the wildlife and fisheries said, all right, this got to stop. Yeah. Or whatnot. And um, basically the game warden had showed up and was writing everybody tickets. And, you know, everybody had no understanding because, you know, this has always been how it was. That's right. That's you know? right. And then now basically he said you gotta you cannot be on the wma which starts at the road right there at the beginning correct um so now i guess that's where everybody lines up now it is at the corner by emmanuel and, and i mean i was we were all together hunting the last big hoorah i guess you could say that we had at the back of the launch yeah. and, and guys what we're talking about here is if you're not familiar with sherbin this is the uh the very popular section 120, 120. area of the reserve um that's that's what most guys hear when they hear sherbin and waterfowl hunting is they're going to hear section 120. Um, so basically section 120 is a long road that goes back into the reserve and they have its, it has its own road that leads up to uh, two boat launches. Um, and what we used to be able to do, Casey, like I was getting at, is basically that last big shindig we had over there before they changed it up was, you remember that big party they threw in the back back there when we were uh, oh, yeah. getting ready for the barbe- weekend? Matter of fact, I still got pictures on my phone. We would uh, bring a barbecue pit. Oh, yeah. In the back of the truck and, you know, cook. And that was kind of the tradition we did for, you know, a couple years. It was, man. That was such a something for, that we look forward to every year. You We'd know? sleep in the truck, sleep man. 
And uh, we did it hardcore, you know. But every, I, that last year that they let us do it, there must have been, what, 20 boats back there probably? Yeah, was a lot. That was a year? Lot. We had about 20 boats. Everybody had barbecue pits. They were cooking. You wouldn't miss uh, out any meal, I can tell no, you No, you wasn't missing no meals, that's for sure. <laughs> I still ain't stopped putting on weight since then. <laughs> but, I mean, man, it was just awesome, dude. The it atmosphere was, was awesome. It was. It really was. It was like a tailgating experience for opening weekend of uh, duck season. And, you know? and after that, I had noticed it almost, when everybody lined up now at the road, it's almost like a drag race to see who can, you know, it is. get to the spot. And, and that, that, to my, you know, I think that can really – you get the wrong person that didn't get enough sleep running yep. the back of somebody or not paying attention because it's really dark out there. Yeah, it is. There's it, no lights or nothing. No, it's not. It's definitely not lighted. It's, it's yeah. uh, you know, we have a very good – we are blessed in this reserve. We have a lot of good roads in this reserve. Yes. Um, so that's a good thing. You were saying how good the road was coming in today. Yes, which it, I, I was very impressed. I don't think there was a pothole in the road. No, and I have to give a shout-out to the guys that manage the road that yes. comes through this reserve because – you guys, I, I mean, I'm very thankful for it. You saved me some uh, equipment, that's for sure. Yeah. Expenses as far as uh, keeping it graded as often as possible. So thank you to whoever's doing that. I'm sure that's a job there. I'm sure it is a job. You know, and you hear a lot of guys, it's easy to get on there and bitch and complain about them, but yeah. when it's not good. But for the most part, <clears throat> you know, we have a camp, we come all the time, and it's really, compared to some say, of the other reserves, it's I good. I want to say they do it before the first split, that's sometime around October. Yeah, well, they come. I see them during the week. They'll oh, they do, do it like every, okay. once every two weeks sometimes, or okay. you'll see them grading because, you know, we're pretty much coming from you know, right up before squirrel season. Me and Jackson, we go to the skeet range. We do some shooting. And uh, pretty much throughout that whole time during hunt season, they'll grade the road, which is yeah. nice, you know. It is nice. And, I can, you know, a lot of other places don't do that, you no. know. Now, I think this road, if I'm not mistaken, is actually a, a state highway. road. It's considered road, a, highway. a highway. Yeah. Uh, because they use it as an alternative route for if there's a wreck right. on the basin bridges and stuff like that. Correct. Uh, so it's not actually wildlife and fisheries, I think, managing that. But uh, but still, they do probably communicate with each other, and it, yeah. it, it, it overall is pretty good for the most Somebody's part. Somebody's getting a good kickback on gravel. Somebody's getting some gravel. I know that, yeah. <laughs> you see all, all the entrances Ooh. to these camps, uh, they, they got a little <clears throat> bit of gravel up in the front of them. So. But, man, over the years, Casey, as far as I know you, you one of the OGs, I call you, of, of our crew. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, you've been hunting this area for a long time. You know, all the stuff nowadays with people talking about the waterfowl hunting's going downhill, it's, it's it's horrible. The ducks ain't here. What's your thoughts, man? Fill, so, fill us in on what so you think So my thought about is, everything. and and everybody has different opinions, but you know, out here, since I can remember, your opening weekend, your Saturday, your Sunday, traditionally you, you should get your limits. You know, if you're in the right spot, you know, if there's birds down, you'll get your limits. I've noticed that Monday, Tuesday, it kind of tails off a little bit, and then it gets tough. Yeah. And then, obviously, you can't, you know, if you're working during the week, you can't hunt on the you know, the weekends with the deer hunters. Uh, so that kind of transition period is kind of usually slow. It's traditionally slow. Yeah. Uh, you know, like kind of the second split opening weekend is usually pretty good. Um, and then it kind of gets around that Christmas, New Year's time, usually when we start getting cold weather. Yeah. So, and that's a lot of times when people kind of stop stop hunting, basically. Yeah, you do get a lot of guys tail off. They'll, they'll kind of tail off, I've noticed, over the years. So if you stick with it and you get through January, your last two weekends are usually pretty good out here. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, it, it'll get slow beginning of January. I don't, I don't know why. It's always been like that. But if you can stick it out and get through, you know, kind of the little law period, I guess you could say, where it's dead, 
Um, so you get, you know, two good weekends at the back half of the season. Early in the season is good, and you get a little mid mid uh, season is still good. But that's that seems like that's been the trend. As I've long as you've been hunting, since I've been hunting over yeah. here. Yeah. And uh, you know, I've been out here in the most perfect weather conditions you can ask for, and not even take the gun off of safety. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, it's public <clears throat> land hunting to the uh, to the fullest. So, it could be great and it could be horrible. Yeah, so I mean, it just depends, you know. I, I you know, has it gotten worse over the years? I, I can't really say. I've hadn't hunted a lot in the last two or three years to really go in and say the number wise it's been different. You did bring up a good point a while ago, though. You said you told me you said you know it used to be about killing that limit and you could kill that limit easily. Right. And you said now it's not so much about the yeah, limit. What do so, you mean by that? So basically, you know, when we first started, you know, we was all chasing green. Everybody, you know, that's the one bird. You know, I was always fascinated with shooting a pintail. Yeah. So I've been chasing that bird, you know, and I finally got my chance to shoot it a couple of years ago and get a mount, you know. So you kind of look at it, well, all right, well, I've shot limits. I've shot the bird I want to put on the wall. What 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 is it to, what you want to do anymore? You yeah. Know, like, what, why do you want to keep doing this? What's next? What's next? And to me, seeing somebody like Jackson get to learn to do it, somebody that doing stuff like this. Correct. You know, it's not about, I've learned now that, you know, things have changed, especially in my life, is it's not about the kill anymore. It's more about, like, this is a lot better than being at the office. Yep. Yeah, that's the way I kind of take that approach now. And even if you don't kill anything, it's still a good time being outdoors and, you're hanging you hanging out with your buddies. Yeah, you get to we you don't get to do this very often. That's you know, it. Once get, a year we talk we yeah, a couple yeah, of times a year. A couple of times a year. You know, to me that's more is sit back and enjoy it instead of just trying to feel like you're forcing to do it. That's right. You know. That's right. And right. and I gotta tell you, I'm I'm ten years older than you, nine years older than you. As you get even older, closer to my age, that forty and on up probably, <clears throat> it even becomes more about the experience and not so much about the numbers. About the kit, right. And I've talked about that on previous episodes. Um you you're hundred percent right. Now you have uh, um is it a little girl or a little boy? boy. He's five. A little boy that's yeah. uh you know in the future he's, probably going to be your stepson. Yeah. You know and uh and it's changing me a lot look, looking at things differently now than yeah. how I was before. Yeah. You know. And if you get him involved in this, bringing him out here, you know you're going to really see that it becomes about him and not so much it's about oh, yourself. It's about you, right. Exactly. You know? And and that's true. And my dad told me that you know as I was getting when I was in them stages of you know hammering out trying to hammer out limits and. Go 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 go! He told me. He it's, said it's gonna it's gonna change for you. Yeah. And he was a hundred percent right. You know, to, to to really scratch out a limit on public land is really tough. Yeah, I'll be I'll be up front honest with you. Oh, especially you could be down in the here. Best place. It's tough. It is. It's still doable. I mean, there's still boys that do it. That you know, it happens all the time. But to really go on public land and just just every time you go and just shoot limits, it's it's very tough. Yeah, you you got to be. You know, me and Troy talked about it the other day, and we were having a conversation. You know, hunting public land nowadays, you have got to have a schedule where you pretty much have vacation throughout the whole hunting yes. season right. to be able to put consistent limits together. And, and going back to what I was saying is that time where early in the season you got to have your vacation, kind of like where we're at now, the second split, and then towards the end, I find that's when you're going to do your best. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely different, that's for sure. Uh, but you got you've got to be able to consistently hunt to consistently kill on yes. public land nowadays. Yes. You got to put your time in. If, if you like, you know, the majority of us that we we work a nine to five throughout the week, and you can only hunt the weekends. 
You then you can't be that guy bitching and moaning because you ain't killing limits exactly. on the weekend. Yeah, it ain't gonna happen. It ain't like that. No. You know, you get one great day or 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 just a good day throughout a whole week during the hunting season. Sometimes, much less trying to put together four or five or six or seven. You right. know, if you hunt every day. And kind of going back to what we were saying, uh, I, we were able to do that when we first started out here because we was in college. Yes. Broke. Didn't even know how we afforded half the stuff we did. Totally different schedule you know, and mind frame. I could hunt Monday through Saturday if I wanted, you know. You can't do that now, so. Yep. You know. Well, you know, which is a question I want to ask you. Like, nowadays, when we started out, we pretty much started out like everybody else. You know, you didn't have, you're walking in on foot, you're doing that stuff. Yes. What What you think about, what's your opinion on the technology now that we have as waterfowl hunters as far as the mud motors and the boats and all that stuff? Well, you think that... That's made a difference in the numbers that are being killed. Do you think? What's your opinion? Well, I, well, obviously we were talking about earlier the technology and waders. Yeah, that's they were. A, that's a game changer. Clothing technology has come probably the furthest. Yes, definitely. I remember we were just wearing a uh, regular old. Hundred percent cotton. Yeah, hundred percent cotton. <laughs> you sweating it. You got cold. You know. You got uh, wet. You were freeze to death. As far as the mud motor mud motors go, Jacob, man, that's a. I think it, it helps because you can bring you places that you normally can't go. You can get away from the competition. Uh, as far as you know, pressure and, and, and aggravating the birds, I, that's a whole other ball game above my head. I can really, I can't really say it helps or hurts it. Correct, correct. And, yeah. and there's lots of studies on that. But you know, now you know we say <clears throat> we used to be able to say, hey, the mud motors will help us get away from the competition. And, and I'm just thinking off out loud right here when I say this. But has it become the other way around now? Almost everybody has the duck hunts. Is, I say almost everybody. There's big numbers of guys that have mud motors, boats that are set up for mud boat motors. So is the majority those guys now, and has it flipped over the years? Or do you have the advantage going old school now with your sneak boats, like your, your P-Rogs, your kayaks, yeah, that's your a good, John boats. And that's a good uh, – that, That's kind of where I'm going with that. You know, it's like who who's the minority now when it comes to that, right. you know? Yeah. Are You're we right. getting away from the pressure with a mud motor or are we joining the party with a mud yeah, motor? Yeah, that is true. You know, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. You know, I've never really thought about it like that. You know, and it just kind of – I've been thinking about it. You know, I, I'm a mud motor owner. I have a mud motor, you know. And, uh, you know, I will say this. When I went to a mud motor from a outboard, um, it changed my hunting completely. Well, I can tell you right now, you ain't getting too far in 120 or with, no. a, with an outboard. You know, it goes back to kind of in correlation with what we were talking about earlier, the funds, you know, that the the, man, the states have now to manage the management areas, the invasive species that are coming into the management areas now, and the waterways. You cannot – get to the spots that we get to without a mud motor. No, you have to have it. You have to have it. Because you ain't walking it either. You're not walking it? You're not going to, you know, at least not in this area. Now, there's places across the state you guys now, can now, walk the timber. Now, you can walk hard bottom. But you come down south, and it gets slushy. It gets, it, it's, you know, it's still, overgrown. There's, there's still some places I've seen uh, some older gentlemen that hunt out here. They still use P-Rose, and, you know, they still get kind of places that you can't go. You know, they still... But I find, too, is it's a matter of it's a convenience factor. 
you know what what's a convenience so spot? therefore you know if i'm gonna go 100 yards in a p-row and work myself to depth for two ducks i could do the same thing with a mud motor yep for less energy just more money just a lot more butter it's, it's, the, it's, it's really it's a convenience it's spot. a convenience yeah, that's a good point that is a good point you know you know that is a good point and, and you know i'm looking at a p-rog and a kayak right here we have sitting against the tree to camp tonight and the reason we keep those here is because just in case we need to you know get into a spot like that that we could get away from the pressure or we stumble upon something in the For instance, woods those little holes that we found i could actually use that yeah you know yeah yep. <clears throat> exactly there is some places we know of that we could use them so yeah that's just my that's just a point it's a thought i have it's kind of like you know, are we are we getting away from the pressure? Or are we joining the party nowadays by having the? Mo I think I think a lot of us uh, now have j become the majority instead of the minority now right, with, yeah. when it comes to the technology with the mud motors and stuff like that. Um, but uh, you gotta have it to get in certain places. Though. You do. You gotta have it. There's no doubt. You can't go without it. You know. And, and they keep talking about outlawing them and this and that, and it's hurting certain places. Look, I I, I don't buy that BS. You know, for one second, to be honest with you, I just don't think there's enough of them year-round like there is with fishing boats and outboards and stuff like that running all over the place right. to uh, to consistently do enough damage to hurt anything, you know. Um, so I, I just don't see that. But Well, tomorrow morning we're heading into opening morning, a second split. I know you you hunted the first split here yes, yes. whenever we were not here, actually. Yes. We were up in Marksville hunting. Yes. And uh, kind of fill us in on your hunt, you and uh, – yeah, Blake, you hunted with somebody, yeah, hunted Blake. With, yeah, hunted with Blake. A good buddy of another good buddy of ours. Yeah, Blake, and give a little shout out. Uh, so yeah, we hunted opening weekend. Uh, as we were talking earlier, Saturday morning was foggy. I mean, I couldn't even see from me to Jackson. Um, we had a couple birds come in. Uh, we shot a couple of wood ducks. I had a chance at a lot more. Uh, now y'all were in a walk-in hole, correct? Yes, we was in a walk-in hole. Without saying specifically where you well, were. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's specific, and anybody knows where it's at. But it's kind of a little hidden. Uh, spot that we have um that we can get to it's not a real hard walk uh like i said we had some birds that buzzed us late uh we actually had a mallet come in as we were picking up you told me that which is i caught me off guard so i told him i looked down and said we coming back tomorrow yeah <laughs> and uh because you know it never fails you know billy start calling your name you want to leave a little early get yeah hungry. when billy's when your stomach starts asking for billy's <laughs> you gotta go you got that go. point so, but, you know, we heard a lot of shooting. There was a lot of shooting more towards Henderson because you can hear him. Uh, a lot of shooting going on. 120 did a good bit of shooting. Um, so, you know, we came back on Sunday. It was a little bit better conditions. Uh, we scratched out a few birds. Um, like I said, still was a lot of shooting going on. Yeah. Uh, not as much as it was on Saturday. Yeah. Per se, because you can hear everybody on the back uh, side church of the church day. A lot yeah. of, you know, you get a lot of that. It's not as much. Um but I saw more birds flying high. I guess they were migrating better, you know, on, on, that Sunday? on Sunday. Um, so overall, I was I was happy with uh, opening weekend. You know, we um, now the spot that I want to go to, if I want to go back, we may need that piro. It may be a little water from all the rain, recent rain here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But from the reports, uh, I can say it was a pretty good, solid weekend over here. Yeah. Yeah. Know? It was, and the first split. Um, I've talked about this. I did a recap of the first split. I think overall the first split, for, at least for us, yeah, uh, and, a, and a lot of guys that we know that hunt, I think it was a good you know, first split think, for the I most part. It, I think it was. Um, it wasn't as bad as it was the last couple of years. And when I say good, I mean not as bad as the last few years. Uh, but, man, I have to be honest, going into tomorrow, uh, a lot of guys are, are, are complaining. They are, uh, they're, they're saying there's no birds in the state. 
Uh, the reports don't look real good as far as, you know, coming out of the fields, the uh, rice fields. Uh, you even think with the cold weather that's pushing through right now, all them ponds has to be frozen up. The ducks got to go somewhere. You would think, Casey, but I, I just think it's not as cold as we like to think it is sometimes, that to is be true. honest with you. Yes. Uh, you know, we don't really actually get, you know, up to the minute reports and up north, you know. Uh, you just kind of go off of hearsay a lot of times unless you're really into it and you're following the migration. Um, I, I don't know, man. I think I think the mid part of the flyway has got some snow. It's got some ice. Um, but if you look above that, closer towards the top of the flyway, it don't look like it's necessarily freezing over right really? now, you know. So uh, there's so much that has changed over the years. You know what You know what strikes my attention? And people are talking about the heater ponds, and they're talking about the, the all this stuff that's causing <clears throat> factors of the birds not migrating down south. Man, have you watched the waterfowl shows on TV lately? Almost everyone I see is hunting over flooded corn. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. You used to never see that. You know, well, and I'm, I, I'll I'm tell 10 you, years ahead of y'all. I'll tell you another thing, too, I think that's changed with the migration is the food source down here. I don't think. I always ask my guests that, uh, either on, you know, the show or off. I really off. think it's the food sources. I mean, think about, like, you know, like I was telling you earlier, and we had spoke to that game warden a couple of years ago. And uh, he, they had said that they had put a tracking device on one of the birds, and he was feeding in the fields in Stuttgart during the day and migrating down south and roosting 10 miles off the coast. Off the coast of Louisiana. And, yeah, in one day, eating in the morning and leaving. That's some, that's some major traveling that, that, that is birds do. That is major traveling for birds. So really, to be honest with you, I, I really think Sherman is just a resting place. Yeah, well, this this There's, reserve is. That, that's all it really is. It's just a resting place for the birds. Which brings up another question. We were talking about this a while ago. You know, a lot of guys have a hard time understanding. They say, uh, you know, hey, I, I went to Sherman. I went scouting. I, man, I don't see no ducks. You know, and when I scout, going, I never see no ducks. You're not going to. Yeah, well, why is that? Tell me. So, tell, tell everybody why. So Or what, as long what's your as, experience? So as long as I can remember, you know, you can scout the day before opening weekend and not see a duck and then what's crazy is that saturday they're everywhere they so where, where are they at yeah so my assessment is they're in the fields around here yep they're resting so you need to get them stirred up yep to you know basically get them moving so when they want to you know when they want to get out of there and come they're gonna come in here that's right you know and i, I agree I with that i can't begin to tell you how many times we scouted and ain't seen a bird. Nope. And opening day or the next day, they're, they're just there. You know. I tell people that, that are new to it that I meet, I say. And it's always been like that. It's been like, like that it's ever like since that I've hunted it. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. I mean, look, you, you'll scout. You might jump up, you know, some wood ducks. <clears> you might jump up. On a good year when there's birds down, you might jump up. Like we, we used to, there's a couple of holes you and I hunted together. Yeah. You jump up a group of pintail. You might jump up a group of gadwall. They're uh, just resting. They're just, just they're resting. resting. They rest and they feed. Today, me and Jackson went scout. Uh, the whole weekend of hunt tomorrow morning, we went and we scouted. And when I say scouted, we went check water levels. Yes, that's what we were looking for. Yes. Now, as we got into where we were going, we jumped up. Jackson, how many how many ducks we jumped up when we first got in there? We jumped up four four wood ducks. Four wood ducks, and then as we went down, we jumped up another. Just some gadwall. Two gadwall. We jumped up two gadwall that jumped up and then uh two groups of wood ducks. Two groups two groups of wood ducks. So probably a dozen or so birds that we jumped up. 
And that's pretty good. And you said you made the comment. You were like, "Well, I'm glad to hear that yeah. because that's a good sign. That's a good sign. That's a good sign." Now, going back to the good old days, that's that would have been a horrible thing. Yeah, because you didn't want to see nothing. <laughs> it's almost yeah. the opposite. You either didn't <laughs> want to see nothing, or or hey, that was just not that's not numbers of birds for most people that hunt up in the flyway. Yeah, you know, for those of you who listen to the show that are. Not from here. I mean, and, and maybe hunt leases and stuff like that. You probably listen and say, man, that's that's pretty pathetic, yeah. which it, it is. I mean, it's not good numbers by any means, you know. It's not like, oh, we loaded up. But it, but for this place, for us to see that. That's a good sign. It's a good sign because it's not something you usually see, like Casey said, those birds just in numbers sitting in here, feeding in here. Now, I think a couple of those wood ducks we've seen today, I think they were on dry land, actually. Jackson even mentioned that. He said, Dad, a couple of them, when they took off, they were on land, like on ridges, you know? Yeah, so find them acorns. They eating acorns is what they're doing. they they in the timber right now. Mm-hmm. So what we decided after looking at the water levels today is we're going to tuck into the timber tomorrow because yeah. if we don't have the number of birds and the birds aren't here, we're going to hopefully give ourselves an opportunity to kill wood ducks. Yeah. You know, and we'll take wood ducks to start out as better than scratching, you know? Yep. So, um, that's our game plan. We're going to go in. We have a a good hole, we feel like, that we're confident in. We've actually hunted that hole before. And this specific. This successful hole. Yeah, we've done really well over the years in this particular hole. We're going to hunt tomorrow. We've also not shot the gun. But not many times. Not many times. I will say that. Not many times in that area. Um. You know, first split, we had a lot of teal, uh, yeah. a good bit of numbers of teal down, um, at least from our experience of, of the hunts that we made. Right. This spot we're going to hunt tomorrow is traditionally has been for us a really good teal spot. Yeah. You know, so if we could put together, we, we're grinding. We're public land guys. We're grinding. It's, it, that's the truth, you know. Um, just because we host a podcast or we – have social media platforms where people, you know, come and, and they, they hop on and they communicate. Don't mean that we killing them every time. I no. can promise you, you know. No. Because we're going to have a good time, though. We're going to have a good time. You know. We are going to have a good time. I promise you that. But if we could put together, string together a strap of a couple of woodies and some teal tomorrow, I maybe even a, a gadwall or mallard mixed in, which is traditionally over the years what we've seen there. Speaking of that. We killed one of the bigger mouse I've ever seen back there. <coughs> tell, tell go story. ahead and tell that nah, story. You, you tell it better than I do. No, I, <laughs> you probably, I'm going to let you, you killed it, so I'm going to let you tell that story. <laughs> so I remember, and we agree on that story, so yes. go ahead and tell the listeners that story. So we, man, well, how did we actually find that? I think it was by mistake, actually. We, we went to, it was Google Earth. We, yeah, we, we actually we, found it on maps. Yeah, we found it on maps, and we was like, went on a limb, never been there before. And uh, we got there. I think we shot a wood duck early. We did that morning. I don't remember if we, was, we stayed up a little too late drinking that night, but we was. Uh, well, that was one of them nights where Dustin was coming off a shift. Where yeah, he was I can't remember no what sleep. it was. He was tired. We and, slept in the truck at the launch. Yeah, I think we were really tired, and something told me to just look to my right for some reason. I don't know why, and and I, I remember the seating arrangement. I was sitting on the right side. Yes. You were in the middle. Yes. And Dustin was on the left side, and we hadn't seen anything in a little while. Right. So I think he kind of got a little tired, and I think he kind of was playing on his phone uh, Candy Crush. He was definitely Candy Crush. So if he's listening to that story, uh, listen, he'll definitely remember that. Yep. And uh, so, <clears throat> I, as, like I said, we were just sitting there. It was well, about an hour went by. We ain't seen nothing. 
and something just told me look to my right. Like it's just it was weird. I just happened to look at my right, and what he was cupped up, big old green head out of nowhere. I just randomly out of nowhere. I could see that bird to this day in slow motion, and and when you saw it, I hadn't saw the bird. Right. So I was looking left. You looked right. Yeah. We crisscrossed each other sight wise, and that bird, that mallard Drake, was just coming straight up I mean, the gut right in slow motion. I was textbook. Yeah. Tech, I mean, as perfect as it could happen, and I just remember me me being too late. I didn't want to flare him, and I just held off <laughs> and you pop because i see you pop up and i'm like okay he got this yeah let me follow him up maybe <laughs> and you pull up with this 30 inch barrel that looked like you could reach out and swat him out the air like a fly the swat. old remington 1100 model the remington 1100 that's right and you pulled up in one shot and absolutely destroyed him and uh I want to say, well, Dustin was fumbling with his phone. <laughs> yeah, Dustin Dustin had a – he was a fumble on the plate. Yeah. <laughs> it, when Dustin saw that mallet, his eyes got as big as a oh, as, yeah. as Christmas morning but, seeing presents. But that just goes to show you that, you know, we didn't scout it. It just it just happens. You just got to be there. That just... and, and that's that's a bird that was a memory that we talk about to this yeah. day. You know, it just it happened so perfectly. And it just – it was a funny story because Dustin's fumbling his phone and, over there in the boat try to kill this thing and jump up and shoot it and, no and, and you look like you in slow motion just taking your time and folds this bird you know yeah so but uh yeah and, and honestly uh, you know the same thing kind of happened with me and dustin i have a widget that's on the wall in the camp uh right now that we killed here several years ago and me and him were hunting together in the prairie and i, I remember it very well this widget's coming at us dead on like we can see it from far away coming at us and when it gets up over the over the decoys, Dustin's like fumbling for his gun, pulls up, and I unloads three shots as quickly as possible. Speaking of the devil, he texted me. <laughs> That's him texting he must you be right now. He must be listening to the so podcast. Maybe he's gonna be listening to this a little later. So he's gonna, we caught we talking about him on the podcast. But yeah, this this widget locks up on the spread, gets the spread. He pulls up, and when I tell you. He shot three shots faster than I seen anybody shoot a semi-automatic shotgun. <laughs> I mean, it was bam, 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 and missed all three. And here I am, I stand up and just shoot, and I fold this widget. And he he, he sits down, he looks at me, and he sits down. And he says, "Well, there's no doubt who killed that one." <laughs> he says, "He says I can't even claim that one. You shot a minute after I shot all three shots." <laughs> so, oh, so we that was a bird that was a. Uh, Man, just a beautiful widget that I was able to uh, have as a trophy nowadays, and it's it's hanging on that wall in the camp yeah. right now, you know. So, it's memories like that, man, that uh, that make it all worth the while. I have to admit. And uh, I mean, going back to the that time we broke down the hole, had to we couldn't go nowhere, so we decided to hunt with them guys, and which was not fun trying to get towed out of there. That was a was, that was an adventure. Lee it was got, a pain in the butt. Oh yeah, we had to tie up to the back of the motor and. Lee had to hold on the front, and with the mud motor, it hit a stump and kick up, and Lee would get sprayed with water and oh. mud. So, man, uh, the that last was something to remember. The last time we hunted with Lee Jackson, the what's the one thing we can remember about Lee when we hunted with him? We had the blind up in the cold, <laughs> second split of the season, cold. I have my blind put up on the boat. Jackson, it's me, you, Lee, and Jackson. Yeah, and we are in the back of 14A. That's where we were. We were in yep. 14A. And our beaver tail blind that we got is windproof. So, man, we were tucked up in that blind. 
And Lee says, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay back and take a nap for a little while. And he goes to pulling off them boots he had on. <laughs> and Jackson, I can't. Jackson, to this day, tells me. He says, that's one of the worst smelling feet. I've ever smelled my life, Dad. He says, them stinky feet Lee had. He said, I couldn't take it. I was climbing out of that block. Oh, man, it was rough. And we laughed. Me and Jackson still get a kick. And Lee, if you listening to this or they tell you about it to go listen to it, man, we still laugh about that oh, and how, how good of a time that was. And we had a good time that day, all of us. But, uh, but yeah, we're really looking forward to it tomorrow. I know, uh, man – I don't know. I just got. The, I, I want to be super excited. Like I've, I, I've learned over the years, you get excited and pumped up, and then your expectations get knocked down. So I kind of had that. Especially public land. Yeah. Huh? So I kind of just go into it, kind of expect the worst, hope for the best, kind of type deal. You know what I'm saying? I usually cannot sleep on opening weekends at all. It's, it's tough. But we're gonna be here at the camp. Me and Jackson's gonna be here Saturday. We're gonna hunt Sunday, and we're gonna hunt Monday. So, you know, I was telling Troy, I said, by Sunday or Monday, we're going to know if the birds are here or, or not. And Troy said, no. He said, Jacob, y'all going to know by Saturday if they're there or not. Yes. You know, now, we have, we do have a little front coming in tomorrow that is, uh, is going to be, uh, you know, bringing a little bit of rain tomorrow night. But that could stir up some stuff for Sunday, for <clears> sure, <throat> you know. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how that all goes. But uh, like I said, being the fact that y'all saw some ducks, I, I that got me excited. You know. Yeah. That's that's a good sign that the I think they're in the area. Uh, I think like you said, like I was going back. You know, we got somebody's got to get them stirred up. Yeah. You, you gotta get them flying. Well, we got South Form hunting tomorrow, which is not very far yeah. from where we're gonna be in the reserve. Correct. Um, so that's a good thing, and hopefully it'll push a few birds around, get them going. Um, and you know, they ain't been, you know, the thing about over here is they haven't been shot at a whole lot. The first split because so. a lot of deer hunt, either sex and yeah. deer hunt, um, you haven't been able to waterfowl hunt. So if there are some birds that are in this area, I think it'll be some birds that hopefully maybe have been here for a week or two. Haven't had a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm sure they got shot at a good bit, you know, open weekend. Cause it's not like it's a secret hole where we're going. You know, so I'm sure well, there's been some hunting, but, you know. Public land is never no secret holes. No. Especially with the technology, with online mapping and on X and all that stuff nowadays. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to look forward to it, guys. I hope you guys are looking forward to it. Casey, can't thank you enough, man, man for I, being on the show man, tonight. I, uh, I appreciate you having me here, man. We need to try to do it as many times as we can. We need to, man, because when our time's up, our time's up. You can't do it no more. Exactly. That's for sure. Jackson. Right. Appreciate you chiming in this week, buddy. I always love having you on too. Love the opportunity to hunt with you. That boy's getting big every time I see him. Oh, he's growing, man, like a weed. There's no doubt about it. We're about to chump down on some squirrel gravy. It looks like uh, I see some steam and the rice is cooked. So we're about to uh, chump down on some squirrels before we hit the sack tonight and get ready. But, guys, just want to, as always, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. I hope you enjoyed your time with us. If you like this episode, we invite you to check out all our episodes available on all your favorite streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many others. Uh, Also, we're all all over social media, (coughs) Uh, Facebook. Instagram, TikTok, pretty much all your social media platforms. Look us up at Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. And as always, we can't do it without our great sponsors. 
At the beginning of the show, you heard about Anchor.fm. Thank Anchor FM for making uh, and hosting and distributing our podcast. And also, we'd love to thank Beaver Creek Game Calls, Patrick Erkfitz and the guys at Beaver Creek Game Calls. If you're in the market for a new duck call, goose call, turkey, or deer call, look up Patrick Erkfitz at Beaver Creek Game Calls online, beavercreekgamecalls.com. Let Patrick design a call for you that meets your specific needs and colors and wants. He does a phenomenal job. We just had a uh, new goose call delivered to us today, the Inferno, and the thing looks amazing. It sounds great. Um, so check out Patrick at Beaver Creek Game Calls. But until next time, guys, this is Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors signing off. See you next time.